You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. John Brandon is the author of Arkansas. His new novel is Citrus County. Thank you for joining me, John. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. John, this is a lovely piece of the most hard-boiled Southern Gothic I think I've read since I picked up my first edition of Flannery O'Connor. And I wanted to talk to you about crafting this. This must start at the prose level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, that, that's, I've always been very concerned with the sentences and always, always um, you know, I, I kind of awakened in that way by reading people like Barry Hanna, Joy Williams, and Paget Powell, who, you know, you're, you're reading it and something's going to happen and it's going to be interesting, but who cares? Because <laughs> you, you've got each sentence, you know, there's one and then there's the next and then there's the next. And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, I, I keep, I keep Hanna, you know, handy now and I just kind of open it to any page, you know, it's like, to me, it's almost not like I'm going to read a, a Hannah story. It's just I'm just going to read Hannah. I just, you know, I'll read a paragraph here, a paragraph there, because it's just, it's just the, the sentences, you know. You know, this book struck me as a very finely and beautifully polished piece of furniture. It's so solid, and it's so solid in the characters, in these three totally wonderful characters. Uh, tell us about creating these characters. How did you... When did you first come across them? Did you come across them together, or did one start up and suggest the others? Uh, well, uh, Toby, I had written a version of um, a, a Toby who who used his ingenuity for good um, <laughs> in a in a short story, and uh, and he had an uncle mm. also um, who was not not great, but was you know kind of more neither here nor there, not you know, so bad like Uncle Neil is <laughs> Uncle um, in, in Citrus <laughs> County. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had them, and then I guess I, I wrote I wrote this story where he, he's going around and doing these good things all the time, and then somehow it, it just interested me to try to write kind of the same kid, but the other side of the coin, you know, where he, <laughs> he's aspiring to be worse and, and worse. Um, so that that's what I started with. Um, and then, you know, I, I didn't know how bad uncle neil would be but i just knew that they would that they would be dark and then um shelby and mr hibma came into it a little bit after you know it was it was toby first <laughs> <laughs> now one of the things of course this novel is called citrus county and the setting plays a, a huge role here and i think it's a setting with which you're familiar am i correct in that yeah yeah it's um I, i'm from pasco county so two counties south of Citrus County, and I used to drive through it on my way to college and back all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and this was, you know, just starting out writing, but every time I drove through Citrus County, it just would, it would seem mysterious. Just one of those places where it's almost like the acoustics change or something. You just <laughs> think this is a really strange place. Let's just drive right on through here. And, uh, and I thought, you know, one day I, I would like to use this for a setting. Um, I didn't know what for. So, 10 years later, you know, when I'd moved out of Florida for a long time, I think I was finally gone 
enough uh, to where I felt like I could use it as a setting because I, I get I get just kind of locked up if I feel like I know the place too well or I have uh, emotions that are too fresh or something mm-hmm. um, involved with the setting. It, it doesn't allow me to feel you know the freedom to write. So I had to leave Florida for a long time before I could finally uh, make good on my my wish to to make Citrus County a setting. You know, when you described it as it sounds different, you know, I really get that feeling that when you drive through Citrus County, when I'm in that book, that it's dead, it's hot, it's oppressive. And I think that's such a, you evoke that atmosphere so sparsely, but so well. Yeah, I I felt, um, I just felt like I could could do whatever I wanted with it, which is the, the feeling that I'm always looking for. Um, like with the, it's very similar to the first, my first book, um, took place in Arkansas mm-hmm. and, um, I, I've never lived in Arkansas. Uh, I lived in Memphis, which is right across the river. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, Arkansas was always just like, it was like over there across the river and it seemed, you know, dangerous and strange and like, what are they doing over there? You know, just, <laughs> well, why are they over there? So and when I would drive through Arkansas, you know, crossing the country, whatever, it was the same thing while I was driving through it. I just couldn't figure out I couldn't figure it out and it made me kind of want to figure it out you know well one of the things I I love about this novel is the sensibility of getting into these three characters Shelby and Mr. Hibma and and Uncle Neil and uh, Toby Uh, talk about uh, exploring their minds and creating uh, you know their characters When, when you do this does is it hard for you to get out? Do you? <laughs> um, not not no no. I, I I don't think so. I mean, it's it's almost like by the time you, by the time you write that much, you know, it's it's a hundred, couple hundred pages. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like they're they're just like Toby and Shelby by the end. You know, it's not. I was with them so much that they're not. Um, not really as shocking and disturbing by the time you're done with them as you know just a reader kind of maybe just picking up the book for the first time you know I cause had to write it and revise it and revise it and it, it sort of becomes like you know Toby does something terrible but it, it by the time you're finished writing a book like that it's like well he just has problems like everybody else you know his doesn't seem like his is any greater than anyone else's after a while um, but you know we Mr. Mr. Hibma is the only one that I can really, I can really say I, I, I have an easy sense of where he came from. You know, the other ones, it's just, it's really hard to unpack, you know, why you write a character a certain way. Mm-hmm. But um, with Mr. Hibma, who's a, a middle school teacher, I, I tried to teach high school. It was like ninth and 10th graders a couple of years ago and um, just couldn't hack it. And just, just, you know, I just didn't know what I was doing. The kids ran all over me. I, I was miserable every day. So I only made it a semester, mm. you know, and just the, the way that I just, you know, kind of quietly crashed and burned and failed and quit, I think just bothered me um, so much. So when I went, went and wrote Mr. Hibma, I was able to kind of work all that out because, you know, Mr. Hibma can do things that that I couldn't, you know, mm. positive and negative, you know, <laughs> but he can, he can do things, you know. I just felt paralyzed when I was trying to teach and failing at it. You know, um, one of the things I think that's so interesting uh, about this form, the, the Southern Gothic, is how um, immediately 
emotional it seems it really when you're like three sentences into this and you really get caught in the grip of this sparse prose these kind of intense characters in a way that I think um, uh, something in a different setting may, might not work at all but you really make this work and, and I think this has to do with what you talked about having moved away from Florida and then kind of going back and reinventing it in your imagination it's almost like it's a, a you know, a fantasy world in some ways for you yeah and and I'm sure revising plays a big mm. part in that you know I um, students and young writers I mean they're they're always and I'm, I'm sure I was too they're so resistant to take anything out mm. um, you know well I worked hard to write that paragraph I don't want to take it out but the you should be looking for those opportunities to take something out <laughs> because that that's how you that's how it gets to feel so charged you know when there's mm-hmm. no there's really no you know buffer and insulation and lead up it's just you know here it is you know that's 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 kind of what um that's what would frighten me as a writer would be to to feel like i, I the sentences didn't just kind of crackle one to the next mm. um you know so i i like to take out as much as I can and just leave just enough and then it has a kind of a, a pace to it you know well one of the things I think that that is uh, so interesting about this book is that um, a- as we meet Toby and, and these characters the the scenes are very naturalistic it's everyday stuff but you have a, a way of investing this with a lot of really um, beautiful uh, symmetries and and prose. I think there's so many interesting discussions of inner versus outer cells, hiding, you know, the bunker, and it's a way of experiencing the world naturally, but also at a very pure, almost uh, symbolic level, too. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think think when you're, whenever you're writing fiction, you have to just be hyper aware of what you've already done Mm -hmm. you know there's nothing there and then you write a page and then you you know you're moving on from that page but you've got to somehow remember everything that you implied or that you mentioned offhandedly you know and and you mention that again a little later in a different form and it you know that that can give you that um that kind of feel of of unity Mm -hmm. even when maybe the reader doesn't even know why it feels unified because you're you know you're being just kind of super subtle about it but I think as the writer you've you've got to just remember even you know the detail from 44 pages ago you've got to still (laughs) remember that you know (laughs) you you can still do something with it much later well uh, let's talk a little bit about um, a little bit just a very little bit about what happens in this novel that we we meet a, a 16 17 year old kid he doesn't really do we know how old he is um yeah i'm i'm thinking of him as a little younger but as in you know almost always in literature they 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 seem a little older you know <laughs> than they they're claimed to be but yeah i'm thinking of him more like you know 14 i oh, guess oh well, <laughs> <laughs> really is a bad apple isn't he yeah yeah <laughs> He's he, he's um evilly advanced, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he he decides to 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 realize this kind of inner evil in an act. Now, um, a, as a writer, how much 
do you know where this is going to lead? Is this, when you start this novel, do you know how it's going to end? No, I mean, d definitely I didn't know how it was going to end. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it's, the usual way of it, it feels like for me, is to know uh, what what feels to be about 20 pages or so, <laughs> 20 to 30 pages ahead. Mm -hmm. And I'll usually take some kind of notes, like, you know, just so I, I, I keep track of what what kind of needs to be addressed and what I'm what what I'm doing, mm -hmm. so I don't just you know go off in a, a wrong direction. But n never more really than that. I mean, you you have a general sense as though. I mean, when when Toby does what he does, I'm not thinking, hey, this might turn out great. I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you, you know, some it's it's got to it's got to go awry and everything, but you don't know exactly how. You know, it's just. You kind of, you kind of just steer in the general direction of things, and then you're close enough when you get there mm -hmm. to, you know. Well, you know, I, this is a, a really interesting uh, form of crime novel because the crime, though it's central to the narrative, it doesn't feel like a crime. It feels more like a a moral choice, and I guess that's what this novel is all about—is moral choices. Um, yeah, I mean, the and the for for the youngsters, uh, you know, that's all mixed up though in the fact that they're they're so young and confused and you know hormone dazed and everything. <laughs> um, I guess with with Mr. Hibma, it's more clearly and consciously that you know he he knows what he is mm -hmm. and what he would like to be and thinks maybe he can do it and he tries to do it I mean it, it seems like much more of a conscious mm -hmm. process for him thinking I'm I'm this I've been this kind of person I'd like to be that kind whereas with the kids I mean I just think of them more as you know they're just kind of just acting on you know on, on on emotions that they on hormones yeah <laughs> yeah and, and you know, I, I'm not you know I'm not thinking of them as really um able to examine themselves too much, maybe after the fact, you know, after they've done something. Well, one of the things that's so fun, that so makes this book so enjoyable is it's very funny in a low-key and kind of twisted fashion. And could you talk about, you know, exercising your own twisted sense of humor, do you, especially with Mr. Hibma, who, who ha you have so much fun with him, and we really like being around all these characters. Uh, yeah, I, Mr. Hibma was. It was sort of easy to, to to put some humor, mm -hmm. you know, in, into him because he's he's um, just he's so kind of snide at, at all times. <laughs> That's his maybe his dominant um, personality characteristic as, as the other teachers and such see him. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of you know it was sort of natural with him. Um, but it, it's I think it took a long time for me to figure out um how how humor worked in you know w with everything else um with you know plot and character and setting and all that it's because it's it's kind of a special a special case you mm -hmm. know it just sort of it's hard it's hard to say why it works or doesn't work or if it's even there you know a lot, a lot of people don't <laughs> you know notice you know 75 percent of things that i think are funny you know mm -hmm. but um i i read a i read a book several years ago called The End of Vandalism by mm -hmm. this writer, Tom Drury. 
mm-hmm. and it was kind of an, an awakening for me, um, be, be, humor-wise, mm-hmm. because it, it, it's just the most deadpan thing ever, but it makes you laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd never seen that on paper before, but it, you know, it's it it's not often that you you laugh out loud reading something mm-hmm. you know i mean well it, i laughed out loud a lot <laughs> reading this i thought this book was very funny and as you say in a very very deadpan way it's there's it's not these aren't punchlines that's earned humor yeah that's and that's you yeah you got you got to read this the end of vandalism you, that, <laughs> okay. that's like it's, it's like that that but you know to, to the nth degree, you just can't believe how dead deadpan it is on every page. Um, I think I, I feel like that was a big thing for me just to see, like okay, this now this suits me, but I haven't really seen it done this way. But mm-hmm. you, you can do it this way, and then you know, of course, you you have a lot of, you know, it's too deadpan. You you have a lot of people that don't recognize <laughs> recognize <laughs> it as humor at all. But um, but that, yeah, that's the that's kind of where where you want to be and. It, where you're able to somehow have it seem amusing without there being any um, indication to the reader that okay now now here's here's the joke mm-hmm. you know without having a, an, a laugh sign or anything right when I was reading this novel and, and making notes for my interview it was kind of it was really unusual for me because generally I'll just scribble notes that I can't that are almost illegible and have something to do to with what's there and with your book I found myself um, quoting it all the time like pulling real quotes out of it which I think was it speaks to the power of your sentences eh? and to their importance in the narrative in the story telling the story yeah I mean I would I would have a hard time separating mm. you know separating it it's when I think of what, what I do when I sit down to write it I just think that it's 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 writing sentences and that and then that that determines the whole atmosphere mm. of it is is you know the I, I tell you know students all the time that in the end all you're going for is authority you mm. know all, all the all the tricks and all the things you can talk about you're just trying to somehow have authority and then the readers will surrender to it and then that's it you know then nothing else matters um and I, I think one of the best ways to do that is just to to have sentences that just have no flab on them and there's never a time there's never a time for a break there's never a time for them to stop the reader to stop for a minute and and sort of question things you know i mean i'd like to think it's just like like stepping into a roller coaster and then you know when you get off the other end you know later on you can think about it and later on you can say well I don't know about that part and I don't think I like that part but you know as you're going through it it should just propel you through because there's just there's just no you know no kind of lapses or or fat well you know this novel in some ways at, at first it starts to seem very much like a horror novel because of what's what's happening is is fairly horrific but then you do something really interesting and I think this is what one of the things that takes us out of the realm of anything what I would normally call crime fiction and directly into southern gothic this is in many ways I think a novel of omission there's lots of stuff that I'm reading and I'm thinking okay now he's going to show us this and 
he doesn't show us this. And I think that was a very interesting decision. Did you as a writer actually show yourself that and then say, okay, that part's gotta go? Um, well, yes and no. I, I, yes, because uh, in the revision, I cut out a hundred pages. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, so yes, um, and then I, no, though, because some you know a lot of times it's just if it feels stale to me, mm-hmm. then I just won't put it in. Even if even if it belongs, sometimes mm-hmm. I just still won't put it in. You know, I just can't. It just goes against you know what what, what I'm what I'm always trying to do. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I guess it's the, the, the combination of, of that, you know, it's just some, some stuff just right from the jump feels like, no, this is what they're expecting. So I just won't do it. And then when I accidentally do it, I just cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things I think that, that you, you do very well is to capture the, the feeling of these, of these middle school kids and, they're really, uh, that's a very interesting age to capture because they're so, uh, they're so in the middle and so unmoored from childhood and so distantly separated from being an adult. And, and I think you capture that feeling really well. Yeah, I mean, that's, you, you, just, you just said it. It's, it's, it's that they're, they're really in that no man's land, you know, between being a child and, and being on the way to being an adult and it, it's just like those weird lost two years there you know there's elementary school so long and then high school so long and then there's just these weird two years where some of the people some of the students you know seem like little kids and some of them seem like they should be driving and it's just you know this just crazy place it just seemed to for my purposes a, a middle school just seemed um much richer somehow than a high school you know, for other purposes, a, a high school would would be better. But for for this, just kind of one of the kind of feeling of lostness and just being in between. Um, you know, Citrus County is kind of in between. Um, <laughs> most people would say better places. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's like beaches up up to the north. Um, you know, Spring Break famously, mm-hmm. and then. And then to the south, you know, then there's Pinellas County and and um, money and beaches and all that. And then Citrus County is just kind of in the middle there, and people just drive through it if they can't avoid it. Um, <laughs> the the plotting of this book, I think, is nothing short of brilliant. Uh, it's really wonderful, I, and I'm wondering how much you surprised yourself with this plotting, and and how much you you know. Uh, anticipated yourself because I think that you it's one of the most dark seeming novels I've ever read but it's ultimately I think it's a delight and I think part of that is that your real investment in in the darkness um yeah I mean I was um you know you, you you have a you have so much time to figure out plot that <laughs> never seems like a surprise really um but i guess i i was i was a little surprised um pleasantly and i, I mean it, it probably i was skeptical to that that when i got to the end there seemed like like a decent way 
to end it. Mm-hmm. You know, that seemed <laughs> sort of serendipitous. Um, I mean, that usually doesn't doesn't happen. And uh, you know, it's it it it, it, it felt. It felt, it, it kind of felt like uh, too good to be true, you know. You know, I'm still, I still feel kind of skeptical about it, but um, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just there for me when I got to the end. I just, I just took it. You it, know, it has the ring of truth to it. I think, which is very important. And um, uh, all this comes out of the, these these characters. When you are writing about these characters, in particular the the dialogue. Could you talk about um, creating uh, conversations that that carry this kind of weight of the darkness and, and you know this turbulent flux that the kids are in, but still seem again this seems like a novel that you would find if you wandered around uh, Citrus County, like you would might find actually find this novel happening and walk into different parts of it. Uh, yeah, dialogue uh, is really really tough i mean to me it's what you have to just really really work at and and cut a lot out of um but just i think it's just through trial and error and 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 keep cutting it and trying something else what i'm usually going for is a feeling that the characters are just talking about something maybe even trivial but somehow it's it kind of feels weighted mm-hmm. um and i i don't know if there's a a way to that you really know how to do that I, to me it's just just trial and error i mean just i start writing conversations and then just cross it out and <laughs> start it again um because I, I i i like for there to be enough dialogue that that seems to me that the characters are are just talking about these things because they want to not because I need them to mm, for the book, mm-hmm. and that that's more convincing to me. Right. right. Um, but then somehow when they're you know just talking about trivial things that they would talk about, mm-hmm. you have to somehow kind of f- wait until it's infused, you know, with some kind of weight or something that that helps that helps with the rest of the book, um, which is just a lot of a lot of trial and error. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> You know, the, the ambience of this book is so wonderful. It's so creepy and kind of washed out and, and uh, given up. And, and I love that in this utterly rural, distressingly downbeat part of the world. I mean, email plays a big part in this book. <laughs> it's, not, it's not trivial. I mean, this might, uh, I mean... Uh, maybe 30 years ago, this would have been a, a science fiction novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's right. Um, cautionary tale about yeah. the internet. Um, yeah, you know, Mr. Hibma. One of one of his characteristics is that he um, sort of pretends to despise computers and mm-hmm. the internet, um, and then does uh, some different things in secret. <laughs> um, you know, through the internet. Um, and then you know, with with the with the kids, I I, I probably kind of pushed it back, you know, ten years. Um, but I, w- with Shelby, I, I had her, you know, not not have the internet at home. She has to like walk to the library all the time. And then Toby, I mean, he's nowhere near having the, having the internet at home. <laughs> um, but it, I yeah, I guess I kind of 
inadvertently gave it some kind of mystery or, or glamour because it just it's not you know it's not the same as the middle of San Francisco where you know the internet you just trip over it every two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, um, Toby says, I, and I, I love this, is that um, he says it wasn't right that he was a human being on planet Earth. A mistake had been made. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great perception. I think that every teenager must feel this at some point. And I, I feel that, too. I'm just waiting for the aliens to take me away from that matter. Yeah, if, if I remember right, that might be from the time when he's you know, he, he got so excited about this crime that he's mm-hmm. going to do to you know prove himself and, and you know he's going to ascend to a higher evil and everything. And then he pretty quickly realizes that it's it's not working and he's you know it gets disillusioned and that's i'm sure that's probably from right in that right in that area where mm-hmm. he's just getting exhausted and you know nothing's n- nothing's working the way it was supposed to well what he says is his evil wasn't spoon feeding him instructions <laughs> that's right that's right that's right it was letting him down his evil was letting him down uh, you know it, it's so, so interesting to have a, a a character who has that kind of um, goal. I mean, to set sets himself that kind of goal. And, and you said you had a, a good Toby going around doing good deeds. Was he? In, was that to- version of Toby invested in the good in the same way this one is invested in the evil? Um, n- maybe not exactly because the the good Toby, uh, it, it was just easy for him. It was just natural. You know, he just he just um, was one of those people that that fixes everything and helps everyone and it's hard to say why <laughs> that's know. just that's so unlike the toby we meet. i <laughs> like right. i like the toby we meet better actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could get enough of those you know those good tobys can't you yeah yeah <laughs> talk about you know just creating this prose you've talked about uh you know uh revising and pulling stuff out um how how many times do you do this and is, is this like a process of reading aloud? Um, is this a process of uh, how do you separate yourself from this from this book enough to pull out and get a perception that allows you to realize what we have, which seems like a very very deliberately it's a, like I said it's like a carved piece of furniture, a very ornate cabinet. Um, well. I, I don't I don't ever read aloud to myself, but I'm sure that I should. It's that that's no no what, it works this way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so many teachers have told me to do that, and I should tell students to do that. Um, I know <laughs> it's a like good Mr. idea. Hibba now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's a good idea. But yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know why I don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's I, I I know I know it's a good idea, and it, and it works and stuff. It just, I don't know, maybe it feels silly or something. I just never I never got in the habit of doing that. Um, but the, the second part of your, your question, you know, the, that's just a simple matter of time sometimes mm-hmm. from, from when you write a draft mm-hmm. to when you go, go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, it's almost like the more time, the better. If you go back the next day, you're not going to change anything, mm-hmm. you know, besides typos or something. <laughs> but if you just let it sit there and don't think about it for six months, uh-huh. when you go back, you then you can see it like an editor would, you know, with fresh eyes, and you're not, you're not caught up in it, and and you know, then you can see, oh, let's you know, let's take all this stuff and this stuff out. And 
still when once it gets to the real editor you know there's always a lot more to be done <laughs> but you can at least get it close you know mm-hmm. now uh a, a, as a writer this is a one of the things i like about this novel and i think it's it's exactly the right length i think you did a beautiful job you and your editor the editing this and bringing this making this very tight and and i'm wondering um this is like a i think a three-person play how there's there are other characters and but i think for me the 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 focus is this mr hibma shelby and and toby yeah they're Um, the three that have point of view right so yeah so talk about um balancing these three characters, because I think you do a great job, and each character brings a slightly different shade to the picture, and I think it's the the right combination. Um, I love Mr. Hip. I got to tell you, I, I want to I have a beer with Mr. Hip. <laughs> the Mr. Hip, as far as while I was writing it, was almost like like downtime. Mm. Is it, it was is much more natural and he's close to my age. Some mm-hmm. similar experiences and um, I don't know. I kind of his mood was easier to capture mm-hmm. um, and do things with. The writing writing the young people, especially after the crime, was you know that that was tough. I mean, mm-hmm. it was tough too. Just uh, there's so many different things you're thinking about, you know, because you you can't be melodramatic, you know. And then I I couldn't make Toby um, too too sympathetic, um, but at the same time, you know, I d- didn't want him to seem like a monster because that's kind of you know that's kind of a dead end. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was kind of a tight rope walk, I mean, especially Toby. Toby was the hard hard the hard one to figure out well yeah i think you do a really good job because i as i started reading this and as we're going down the path with toby i'm starting to think well gosh how much am i going to want to read about this kid where where's it going to go and you you do a good job of as you say taking us to the precipice of unlikability and he's somewhat unlikable even yeah in the end but we in terms of the prose voice and the balancing that atmosphere i think you do a great job of that yeah, I guess that that's what I what I didn't want to do was uh, was I didn't want it to be where the reader felt like they had to feel sympathy for mm. Toby. They had to feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I've I, I've been kind of happy to hear, you know, that some people just think he's you know terrible and unforgivable, and that's the end of it. And then some people say they completely relate to him and then everything in between so <laughs> no, i think the latter one you maybe don't want to <laughs> don't give him your phone number right right so yeah i mean I, I i wanted it to be like that i don't i don't want to tell the reader that they have to sympathize with someone that they that they don't sympathize mm-hmm. with so i i'm curious uh this is such a, a stripped down book and we live in such a urban modern world and that that world doesn't make much of an appearance. It makes an appearance, but it doesn't make much of an appearance in terms of how how the feel of the novel. And I'm wondering if you might find yourself approaching another uh, another a novel that has a more um, prickly, fast-paced, modern feel to it. Or, or is this... I I don't know if, I, if I'm capable <laughs> of that. Um, I... Uh, yeah, I don't. It, it's never occurred to me 
just just putting it in setting terms, it's never occurred to me to write uh, about a, a big city, a big mm-hmm. bustling city. Um, cause I, w- what seems to attract me is is when there's this just kind of broken, diffuse energy that where it's like you just have to bring bring anything to it it doesn't really do anything it's mm-hmm. just it's just there it's just if anything it's just mysterious um that that kind of makes me want to jump in there as opposed to you know all the of course there's just tons of great writing about new york but you know if i step out of a cab in manhattan it's the energy is so strong and finished mm-hmm. and i just feel like there's nothing for me to do I mean, it's, it's, it's done, you know, um, you know, whereas Arkansas or Citrus County or something, I feel like there's just so much room for me and do whatever I want. This novel has a very, uh, I think, uh, interesting spiritual texture to it. Uh, could you talk about creating that texture? It kind of, it's all over the map. That's one of the things that makes it so appealing, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't, I guess I hadn't really thought about it. Um, but, um, yes, I suppose, I suppose Toby uh, is is just kind of like a one, he's feeling like he has to be a one, one man religion, <laughs> you know. He's kind of a Lovecraftian <laughs> figure. It's like a door through which, you know, you do not know what is going to pour. But yeah. it's probably not going to be something you want to meet the whole part of. You just want to see maybe the toenail of whatever is going to come through him. Yeah, yeah. I think probably with, with Mr. Hibma, he's he's kind of like a humanist by default, kind mm-hmm. of. I mean, there's nothing else for him to be, mm-hmm. and but he, and he's doing a bad job at it, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of his, you know, his struggle throughout most of the book is to be a, just be a normal teacher mm-hmm. like everyone else. He just doesn't understand why he can't, why he can't, do it and he you know he's 29 in the book so i mean he already has all of his beliefs figured out um and now it's just left to him to just be better i think that's all there is to it it just has to be better (laughs) well i like that in the old term of be careful what you pretend to be when he decides when he gets the coachhood thrust (laughs) upon him that's Uh such a, a wonderful little plot arc did you get did you ever have to do any coaching when you were in high school um no no i i never did but i mean i i played all you know all the sports growing up Mm -hmm. through through middle school and you know part of high school so i kind of knew knew what went on there um yeah i mean that's that those were those were the easiest and most fun scenes to write were the the basketball mr hitma scenes and those were just you know nothing but fun (laughs) could you talk about maybe what you're working on now and and you know as a writer you know you've gone from arkansas to citrus county where do you think you'll go next um the the novel that i'm working on now is set uh around albuquerque Mm -hmm. new mexico um which is a place that uh, my wife and i lived for just a couple months Mm -hmm. a few years ago (laughs) um thankfully not not long enough that you know, I I got to know it too well and, and would be scared off of it. It was just long enough, and had that 
that good energy that I like where it's just hard the place it's hard to hard to know the identity of the place I mean everyone would answer differently mm-hmm. um, as opposed to you know an hour north of there in Santa Fe mm-hmm. now, if you've been to Santa Fe Santa Fe is is Santa Fe there's no mistaking what it's all about you mm-hmm. know but down around Albuquerque I, I could feel that kind of just random random sort of energy and then unlike the other settings though there's there's that kind of magical mystical feeling of the desert mm, you know mm-hmm. uh, that was that's infused in it also but yeah that's that's what i'm doing now writing writing some desert stuff <laughs> <laughs> i've been speaking with john brandon his new novel is citrus county thank you for joining me john oh it was a lot of fun thanks You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.